Get ready, you're about to enter the Renzo Republic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the one, the only Remso Republic podcast. I'm your host, as always, Remso W. Martinez. Welcome back, old and new listeners alike. Well, if you're a new listener, I'm not technically welcoming you back. But welcome, if you're here. This is a great place for great ideas about the greatest thing in mankind. And no, I'm not talking about the fact that McDonald's still has the McRib until the summer. I'm talking about liberty, bro. We're talking about the ideas of open minds and open markets. And what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. This is months and months and months after the election. And I know I'm throwing back to that, but you look at what we've been encountering with the Trump presidency. A lot good. I'm impressed. And for those of you who've been hanging around for a while, you know, you're probably still wrapping around the fact that, you know, I, I kind of dig what's going on. And are there problems? Of course there are problems. But those are minute things at this point. What's the real issue? The real issue is like always when one party takes charge of the government, the other party goes in opposition. They do things. They do crazy things. And in the case of progressives and the left, they do stupid things. They shut down highways. They riot. They attack people. They set things on fire. They'll mace you. They'll pepper spray you. They'll, um, you know, try and destroy your reputation. They'll stalk your family. They'll try and threaten to kill your dog. They'll troll you. They'll try and just spread rumors. They will do anything. Are Republicans like that? Sometimes. But to the degree of which we're seeing now, and folks, you know, I, I give the Republicans a hard time, but I have nothing, nothing good to say about the left. And I'm not talking just, you know, regular Joes. You know, I'm not talking just friends of mine who are, you know, to the left of me that are progressives. No, I'm talking about the career left, the zealots, the committed, the diehards. That's right. I'm talking about the hashtag resistance movement. I was young when the Tea Party was coming about. But living outside of D.C. and having friends such as Becky Garrettson from the Wetumpka Tea Party that took on the IRS, from all the great activists at FreedomWorks, to everyone across the country who saw what was going on in both parties as their government was spending out of control, as their government was printing out of control, as their government was expanding out of control, and as our liberties were rapidly declining. I remember that Tea Party. It's changed, yeah. We could have another discussion about that, but what we're seeing now with these, you know, these quote-unquote grassroots leftists, this new resistance, this whole rise-up thing of, you know, the Antifa as they're calling themselves. This is this is not authentic. This is not even I mean this isn't even genuine. This is the same establishment policies we're seeing trying to become popular again under a different form. These are the same failed ideologies coming back. And I want to talk a little bit more about that, but I want to go ahead and introduce our guest who's you know, he's seen this up close and personal. He knows how nasty they can be. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm bringing you tonight conservative activist Matt Becker. Matt, welcome to the program, man. It's great to have you here. Ripso, great to be here, man. And I just want to, you know, throw out for the record, tonight as we toast the tears of the liberal left, we are drinking from the skulls of our enemies. From the skulls of our enemies. <laughs> For all the listeners here, um, me and Rimso have actually been on a uh, campaign together. We worked together on the last campaign for Congressman Tom Garrett. Uh, we had this joke running th- through our group at Liberty University, and the joke was is we, uh, we need to bring back drinking from the skulls of our enemies. We, we have such an emasculated culture, man. We need to bring back things that make us warriors, the things that make us actually triumphant. And nothing gets more hardcore than this. This is, I, I'm going to take a picture of this and post this online, especially the private fan group. I'll show you everything and I'll go into a little bit more detail, but this is freaking awesome. Uh, there's, there's even a mad dog Mattis meme where he's like, I only drink from the skulls of my enemy. 
I only drink from the tears of their children. And yeah, it's and, it's and, a little demented. When when you know talking about good things the Trump administration has done, picking General Mattis as defense secretary was probably one of the best picks anybody could have made for any cabinet position. I how there's no other choice in my there mind. There was no other choice. To be honest, not only does General Mattis understand what the military is created to do, and that is to destroy our enemies. Yeah. It's not to, you know, pussyfoot around. It's It's not not to to be a police force. It's not to turn soldiers into UN peacekeepers. But at the same time, what was very important about him, and uh, I'm a little bit biased here, everybody. I did serve in the Marine Corps, and... You know, if anybody ever sees anything about Marines talking about General Mass, we call him the warrior monk. This guy is not only understands the mentality of war, but he is also very intelligent. Yeah. He was one of those people that got guys like me to read the Battle of Thermopylae. Learning the past and understanding the history of warfare and how it works and the reason why you don't want to just keep throwing yourselves into it for a reason that is not in your best national interest. That it has no national interest. It's not your problem. He understands this. And plus, one of the greatest things I saw is, yes, NATO is a good organization, but we've had a lot of countries not paying its fair share. And... Look Look at General Mattis. He, he has proven himself already to be the kind of defense secretary we actually needed. Yeah. And just for the record, I'm, I'm, I, think my, I think my skull is plastic, but because Matt is a former Marine, his, he's actually drinking from a skull. I don't know where he got it, but it's, a, it's probably a legit skull. We, 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 don't, we don't talk about that. Sorry. We'll have to edit this out. My bad. Anyway. It's all good. Yeah, Matt. There's so much good going on, and like I've been saying since the election was over, when it comes to the good things that he's doing, cheer him on. When he does something wrong, call him out. But the this new left, this new you know the the Antifa, the people that are anti free speech, the people that are anti you know diversity of thought. You've seen grassroots activism. What's your thought of these psychos? I'm gonna I'm gonna point out this resistance movement and go, they have no actual end game. The tea party at least had what they were after. They were taxed enough already and they didn't want any more taxes raised on them. Can you tell me specifically what indivisible, whatever they call them, resistances, Antifa, really have a positive goal of this is what we want. I, Anti- I yeah, I, I don't think I can. I mean, they just want to be obstructionist for the sake of being obstructionist. Anything that President Trump will do, even if it's good, they are going to hate it. They are going to start to stop everything. That's what they this is what they believe that the Tea Party was. That's what they believe. That's why they're going to create this. They're trying to make it the Tea Party, but they're ultimately going to fail. Yeah, and I'm just going to throw this at you. I mean, do you think they care the fact that he's probably the most pro-gay rights president we've ever had? Does not care. Do you think they care about the fact that he won, you know, people who have been unemployed, people that have unskilled skills, you know, they're, they're unskilled laborers, people that... You know, typically the Democrats are supposed to be fighting for. No, and go look at the comment section of political articles about Trump supporters. Yeah, I mean it was, it was a truly diverse movement he brought together. It was, it, I'm not gonna call it the Reagan coalition because it it wasn't necessarily pointing out the big faults of government, but it was pointing out the faults of the people in charge specifically. And there are so many Democrats I know that were like, you know, I, I can't deal with this right now. I need Trump to smash some things around 
And, uh, you know, he says enough things I like economically. He likes, you know, he doesn't talk about the social stuff. He's not a Rick Santorum or a Mike Huckabee. I can, I can dig it for now. But they don't care. For all, the, for all the things that they can overlap with him on, I mean, they just want to break things. They just want to smash things. They're, they're throwing a tantrum. That's, yeah. that's essentially what it is with them. Yeah. And Matt, we're, we're going to keep talking about this a little bit more specifically, but first we're going to go ahead and hit our first commercial break. Folks, you're listening to the Remsor Republic. Hang on tight. We'll be right back after this commercial break. The voice of the Liberty Generation, Remzo W. Martinez. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Remzo Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty, rock and roll. Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. <laughs> fucking whores are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the most contact I've had with the hooker. It's them yelling at them you. yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs> we break down the most pressing issues of our time. This what? large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked to tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, we pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out PreussPodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S podcast.com. Make sure to visit libertarianwingmedia.com where you can find articles written by libertarians all over the world on all of today's issues. Check out our podcast network with monthly and weekly podcasts. Check out our libertarian t-shirt store with t-shirts like Make Markets Free Again and Make Markets Not War. And you too can become an author at Libertarian Wing Media and write what you want, when you want. Just email alexmerced at alexmerced.com. Thank you very much. Welcome back. We have Matt Becker, and we're, we're talking about, I'm just going to call it, as I see it, the AstroTurf movement that the left is bringing on. Now, with, with the Tea Party, it was literally just our neighbors. It was our friends. It was us, you know, going to all these town hall meetings. It was people voluntarily coming together. No special interest. You know, people like to say, oh, the Koch brothers were in charge. Not really, because if we saw Coke money, you wouldn't see... All the shiny linoleum, you know, banners and stuff that you see all these like, um, you know, anti right to work rallies and everything else. The, the Tea Party was legitimately grassroots because it was conservatives rising, as Eric Erickson called it. It was the red state rising. It was conservatives and libertarians and just apathetic people that were tired of being shoved around by the government coming together. But with this, I mean, I, I've seen some paid activists. I've seen some stuff that's just weird. I was at Congressman Goodlatte's office downtown recently just driving around because someone tipped me off that there was a protest going on. And as soon as the camera showed up, you have about um, 50 or so of these, uh, you know, resistance or in- indivisible children or whatever they're calling themselves. People show up. They chanted. They threw some stuff around. And then as soon as the cameras went off, they all dispersed. Let, let me give you kind of what I've been seeing on, at these rallies specifically. What I see is I see people that were already super liberally politically engaged people. 
a lot of these ones, and you'll start to notice this, this isn't people that one day just were like, man, I'm tired of the way things are ran. You know how I came up in this movement? I went to a gun rally, uh, I think it was December of 2012. Why would that be significant? Right after the election. Yeah, not just right after the election. Sandy Hook. Hook. Uh, okay. So I had gotten out of the military. I had bought an AR-15. I would set it up like my own personal rifle. It was something that I wanted to keep, pass on to my kids. I thought it was an important piece of a legacy and a reminder of what I was and who I am. That, that was part of it. Shooting that rifle and knowing it like the back of my hand is part of me. And so what I did is I showed up to this rally as somebody who, who voted but didn't get involved. So I show up to this event. Everybody's got the signs and everything, but that wasn't what was important. What was important was there was a table of a group called the Young Americans for Liberty. They picked me out of the crowd and said, hey, we are this organization that's all about fiscal responsibility and liberty. Would you like to join us? We can teach you how to be an, a political activist and go forward and do something positive, not just being angry and mad. I was that guy. I was angry and mad, but I didn't understand the process. I didn't understand how to affect change. Now I'm standing here in 2017, have ran race, been in races that I've lost, but I've also been in a lot of races where I've won. A uh, couple notable ones is I did actually go help uh, Congressman Rod Blum in Iowa. And I helped him back when he was just first running. He had just won the primary. He's going to the general election. I took a weekend, uh, three days out of my time away, drove all the way to Iowa from Kansas to go help him for a couple days. And guess what? He won. Fast forward back to 2016 now, I go in the general election, I come all the way from Kansas, drive to Iowa, come work for Congressman Tom Garrett, who won overwhelmingly. I was able to help make that happen. Do I think I was completely 100% on those is why the reason they won? No. The reason they won was because they had they stood on the issues where I wanted conservatives to stand on the issues. I, I want to just rewind it moment because you mentioned the fact that when you had gotten you know when you, when you started up with y'all you were just you were frustrated you were angry yes i'm you know i'm a very angry person i get, i get angry over stupid things i'll just admit that i get angry over stupid things but a, as i've gotten older as i've become an adult the thing that i need to understand is that you know a lot of people they try and suppress their frustration they try and hide the things that bother them especially when it comes to you know when it comes to politics and policy, a lot of people just feel that they, they can't have anything to do with that. They have no way of affecting change because they, they're here and the politician's there and there's so much in between them and they have to take care of their house, their finances, their family and everything else. There's that divide, but that anger brews. And you know, I think the biggest difference between a lot of conservative activists versus progressives, even though I have met some extremely committed progressive activists that have mastered this concept, it's the fact that you know anger just turns into rage when it's unchecked but righteous anger when it's applied towards actual action with an end goal that you brought up in the prior segment that's how you get things done because how many people online do you see are just like conservative trolls yes they exist. Uh, all the time and and i'll point this well if everybody ever follows yl you'll notice cliff maloney jr always set has the thing where it's like something greater than winning Facebook arguments. He's trying to tell people something. And it's fascinating, because I, I barely even use Facebook that much anymore anyway. Yeah, Because I, I realize, and he realizes, what he's trying to get to people is that just sitting there being the internet warrior is not going to save the day. And, and that's the thing about the Tea Party. Because the people there were committed. I remember going to the uh, Rally Restore Honor in 2010 wow that's seven years seven years i wasn't even like i was a freshman in high school or something like that 
But my mom brought me there, and I wasn't even necessarily political. And I was there with my brother and my dad, and we were there, and we got to see Glenn Beck and all these activists. And, man, I, I saw people that were tired of just being beaten down. But the thing about the Tea Party was we've had so many Tea Party Republicans. We have so many Libertarian Republicans that wouldn't have been there unless people spent the countless hours um, money they spent they put their reputation and their sacred honor on the line to get these people elected i mean but without the tea party there would be no Rand paul there would be no That's, ted cruz there would be no mike lee that is absolutely correct yeah we and, and some of these congressional reps we have too representative amash yeah uh, massey uh, massey massey yeah. uh representative blum Carmen garrett like all and I mean, he's just a recent one. If we're already seeing him make re- waves, really make waves. Who was yeah. there with the Freedom Caucus talk uh, talking about Senator Rand Paul's health plan? I mean, he's already shot up fifth fifth district of Virginia. We we did a good thing here. Yeah, I, I've never and with with Congressman Garrett, that was the first Republican race I've ever actually worked on. I I had helped um, my friend Becky Garrettson during her primary challenge mm-hmm. against Martha Roby. Um, and Becky was one of the, like, she, she's like the matriarch of the Tea Party movement because she went, she, her group, the Watonka Tea Party was targeted by the IRS and she went in front of a congressional hearing and she basically said, I'm not here as a surfer vassal. I'm here as a born free American woman and I'm not coming to my masters. I'm coming to you as a private citizen saying that you have exceeded your authority. And, um, you know, I had been hesitant of Republicans because I'm like, well, she couldn't beat the subsidy queen, Martha Roby. I don't necessarily have much faith in the Republican Party, but seeing the activists of Tom Garrett's campaign, gosh, as soon as as soon as he won, man, I, I became a Republican. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a conservative right now, even though I'm a lot more conservative than most of my friends and right. other peers. But, you know, man, I see I see this actually being used. The rage I had felt for so long, instead of yelling at the TV, I got involved. I've done a lot. But with the progressives, do they have that end goal you mentioned? See, I don't see it. I've been seeing these same people, you know, just kind of coming out, yelling, screaming, angry. They just, they want all these town halls for just just to shout people down from what it's what I've seen just in a lot of them that I've seen uh Jason Chaffetz, Justin Amash, uh we're seeing these two Oh, Chaffetz, they they don't go there ask questions. They didn't. Because they cut them off and they just they don't want to have a conversation. They just want to be seen. They want to just throw their anger at something rather than use it constructively. Actually, this is something talk a lot of psychologists probably talked about is that you can use your angry and more violent tendencies and use them constructively. That's what the Tea Party and groups like the Young Americans for Liberty, the Leadership Institute, all of these kind of groups gave us a way to actually do something to get something done. Not just to scream, we're mad and we don't like anything that President Obama does. One of the things that always drove me insane was when people were like, we got to preach President Obama. And I go, okay, what evidence do you have that shows that he violated Article 2, Section 4? The qualifications of what qualifies as impeachment. We had no solid evidence. Yet I would see... Some of these people, some probably most establishment people, send an email to people saying, oh, we'll be able to impeach Obama, blah, blah, if you give us money. Tea Party, like, no. And that was the reason why, is we had to learn, no, that's that's just throwing a fit. If you don't actually have reasons to impeach him, what's the point? Yeah. And, and that's why you didn't see those Tea Party candidates try and push that. When we've already got candidates pushing that now, and and congresswomen and congressmen in the Democrat Party already pushing for impeachment, and I bet you they can't answer that question. 
Yeah, and, and besides, it's crazy. At least with Republicans, we were, ex- you know, it's funny that I'm putting myself in the Republican category now, saying, that, you know, we, but we as Republicans are extremely harsh on ourselves. Yes, we are. And you don't see that in the Democratic Party. When Eric Cantor wasn't coming back and fulfilling his duties to his constituency, they got rid of him. Yes, they did. And you saw this across the country. You saw Rand Paul take on an establishment dude that had it locked in, and in 2010, Paul took him out. Cruz, when he was primary challenging the guy that everyone just thought was going to become the next Republican senator from Texas, Cruz had a 3% chance of winning his race four months away from the election. And Cruz came in and sucker punched him, and he's been hard charging since. And you saw this when they tried to primary challenge uh, t- uh, Justin Amash. And when he won his primary, he called them out. He's like, you can't stop pulling this on conservatives and people that actually value the Constitution. I've never seen that with the Democrats once. It, it leads me to just assume that they don't actually care about what they even talk about. They don't actually care about things. They And I hate the Alex Jones term for this. They are literally just blind sheep following the, the I'm going to use a saying my old man taught me about Republicans and Democrats and the difference between us. He said, a lot of the times, Republicans, we fall in line. We don't maybe like everything that we like with a certain candidate. And a lot of us did this with the Trump presidency. But we realized what was at stake, and we fell in line. But we will still criticize him. When President Trump does something wrong, he should be criticized by us. Because we owe it to people to be to be consistent the Democrats fall in love. What do you mean by that? When they... Alright, so you can have just these candidates, like, once they came out of the primary, these guys can say the worst things to each other on the planet, and then once it turns around in general election, they fall in love. There is nothing wrong that person can do. There's not a single thing that person can do wrong. Hillary Clinton is the biggest example of when the entire Democratic apparatus comes around and says she's the greatest thing, she's the greatest candidate ever. She was the worst Democratic candidate probably in my entire lifetime. She was that weak. And the entire apparatus said she's the greatest thing ever. We love her. She does nothing wrong. She doesn't do anything shady. Come on, people. I, I don't get it when Democrats are going after Carly Fiorina for ethics violation, but they still thought that Hillary Clinton was a candidate of true integrity. And I, I will play devil's advocate for this because I think it was the Democratic delegation for the Electoral College, they um, the ones from D.C., they ended up voting for Bernie Sanders in you the did, Electoral College. You did have <laughs> some of them do it, but... That's Let's the first a- time I had ever heard of any direct like insurgency within the Democratic Party. And that, to be honest, that wasn't an insurgency to me. It wasn't. They knew who was getting the presidency anyway. If you're gonna throw a hissy fit, you might as well do it when it don't count. They could have done it at the convention if they cared that much. They could have. Now there were some, and, and I'll give it to the Bernie Sanders supporters, some of the real ones. You all didn't fall. In love this time. Some of you did fall in line. You made you made a logical decision. I'll give you that. Some of you realized that you just disagreed far too much with her. I don't blame you for that. I mean, if you're the, the progressive left left, Hillary Clinton was not your candidate. Oh, no. When Lindsey Graham is saying that she could run as a Republican and win some Republican support... For the Bernie bros, that should bother you quite a bit. And it did. It did. It did. Matt, we're going to keep this conversation going, but first we're going to go ahead and hit our final commercial break. Folks, hang on tight. You're listening to the Remsen Republic. We'll be right back in a moment. We'll be back shortly. Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting RemsoRepublic.com. 
Make sure to subscribe to all the podcasts on the Libertarian Wing Media Podcast Network on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher, such as the Alex Merced cast, with interesting interviews with interesting people every week. Breaking Progressives, spending time every week breaking down left-wing narratives and showing what's real and what's fake. Economics Why Not, a weekly look at economics and applying economic principles to daily life. Better Today, a weekly podcast where we take a look on ways to improve your life and be better today. Libertarian Commons is a podcast where we play audio from the video archives of Alex Merced from his videos dating back to 2008. Liberty Public Access, a podcast where anyone can submit an episode. Submit your episodes to Alex Merced at alexmerced.com. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast? Then subscribe to Podcast and Logging Tips and Tricks, a weekly podcast about how to host your podcast, how to produce your podcast, and how to market your podcast. We'll be adding some monthly podcasts to the lineup soon, including Make Markets Free Again, a monthly look at what's going on in markets and regulation all over the world, and the free VST podcast, looking at free VST instruments for electronic music producers. Listen to these podcasts by going to libertarianwingmedia.com or subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends and leave a positive review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. segment since we actually have Matt in the studio. Matt, I'm just curious, have you named the skull of your enemy yet that you're drinking I out of? I have not, really. Uh, I've been trying to just decide what that name was going to be. Have uh, you assumed it's gender? Ooh, have <laughs> I assumed it's gender? I think I have. I think I probably have. Uh, you know, I, I, I think I would probably be a guy. I'm just not sure what the name is going to be. I'm not sure if I want to pick an actual person who I feel was an enemy at some point to me, or I felt that was the way, <laughs> or if I'm just going to make up a completely random name. I'll, I'll get back to you all on that. <laughs> anyway, m- moving on. Um, what 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 we mentioned in the final in the I'm sorry in the previous segment was the fact that this is this resistance we're seeing. It's it's not authentic. I mean, I, I think Dan Bongino of the Renegade Republican podcast at Conservative Review, he, he brought this up. It's like it's all AstroTurf. It's funded by the Soroses. And man, it's funded by CARE. And it's funded by Planned Parenthood. I mean, if you were to like give everyone that's part of this quote movement like a NASCAR suit or something, you could throw on Soros and Planned Parenthood and. Um, Oh, do you, do you action for, no, it's like, ah, real fast, committee for action or whatever new organization Obama's a part of. Oh, what, what is he a part of? You... Co- the committee for action or something. Oh. I know it was previously called like the committee for democracy, but now it's like, um, something for action. I'll, I'll find out later. Organizing for action? Organizing for action. Okay. That's it. Okay. Yeah. The, the one that used to be his, uh, it's super, essentially a well, it was it was the super pack for him back when he was running. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think actually it was called organizing for Obama. I might be wrong on that. And then it became organizing for action, kind of similar with YL. It used, you know, those were that students for Ron Paul were the ones who ended up starting YL. A lot of your main leadership was that kind of. So it's so it's kind of similar in that aspect. Those two groups specifically, but. With them, yeah, money's pouring everywhere. And kind of give you an example, do you remember when they all met up? Like Soros had this big old meeting where all these donors were coming in together and throwing money into something. Yeah, it was, guess it was what right. They, guess what they making right there? We just seen it. It's it's these groups. <laughs> these groups. We literally watched them telegraph met the money where their mouth was and made these groups. Yeah. You, ever, you always want to know where the money comes from. They literally told us, like, right after Donald Trump got elected. 
Like, right after President Trump got elected, I mean, that, like, that group can't, like... It was pretty immediate. Soros, yeah, it was pretty immediate. Soros and a bunch of these big donors. And even Hollywood was part of this. Well, I, I mean, George Clooney's a uh, good friend of Soros. Oh, and uh, I, I know Val Kilmer is. But, I mean, that's a hilarious thing. They tried to call that... They tried to call that fake news. And it's like, how is it fake when they straight up said it on video? So there, there's so much cognitive dissonance. People just live in their echo chamber and they live the reality that they're fed. They don't look at the facts. Soros blatantly said it. They blatantly said it. You can't, you know, misunderestimate the, I'm sorry, underestimate the words or misconstrue the words. He blatantly said what was actually happening. Yes. Yes, he did. And that's going to be the big thing is... Soros is literally trying to take what him and the left perceive the Tea Party as and recreate it. This is where they're going to fail. I hope none of them are listening to this podcast because I'm going to tell them exactly where they're going to fail and it's going to be glorious. Bring it. They, instead of making the Tea Party for what it actually was and these groups like YL and some and some of these other groups... They're going to make it to what they perceived the Tea Party as. Like a Rorschach they're, figure. They're, they thought all the Tea Party was was going to these rallies, dressing up in ridiculous get-ups. We've seen some of them. We've been in the rallies. We can all point them out. The tricorn hats. <laughs> yes. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And Ugh. that's all they thought it was. And they thought somehow this worked. They will fail because they did not understand what the Tea Party and these groups were. It's like it's like they're a dog chasing a car. They don't know what to do once they actually get to it. Whereas the guy with the tricorn hat, he needed to get attention, and then whether you liked it or not, he forced you to listen to his message and his grievances. Yes, he did. And um, you, you know uh, what was it? Uh, organizing for action. Mm-hmm. Barack Obama. You know Reagan was the great communicator. Obama, I actually think he earns his title. He is the best community organizer in American history. Because, and remember, Hillary Clinton was a student of Sal Alinsky, and she failed this. But Barack Obama, he perfected the art of the hustle, in a way. Uh, I mean, I mean, he is, and I will say, that is probably one of the strongest Democratic candidates I've ever seen. The man had a way with words. He had a way to connect with you on a on a level that really many on the left cannot do. It's and that's yeah. why you're going to see in President Obama starting to kind of poke his head out. He realized this. Bill Clinton was this way. Very charismatic guy. Really could could make you feel like he understood your problem. Sound familiar? Yeah. President Trump. Kind of rewinding a bit, Matt, before we keep going, but I mean, I don't think people took Marco Rubio seriously on this one thing. And I was not a Marco Rubio supporter, but the biggest mm-hmm. thing Marco Rubio said was this. Why do we keep saying that he has no idea what he's doing? Barack Obama knows exactly what he's doing. He's intentionally trying to fundamentally transform America. Yes. Okay. <laughs> How I know the man knew what he was doing. Let's take about some recent, uh, just before he got out of office, he made a change in the Title X funding for family planning. And what he did was he made it to where they have to send a certain percentage of this to Planned Parenthood. Automatically have to, or you lose the the Title X's money for family planning. Instead of letting what it was already doing for his entire tenure up until the point he lost the election and everything else. And you know why he did? Because I saw a bunch of Democrats on C-SPAN literally, who apparently can't read, that it doesn't get rid of title the, the Title Ten spending on that. It doesn't get rid of it. It actually just says... It, we're going back to what it really was the entire Obama term. And I think Obama did it just to make that war on women continue. The man is smart. He's known what he's 
been doing the whole time. That's why he had to pass Obamacare through reconciliation. He knew he couldn't even get it past his own Democrats. I, I mean, people people gave Flynn such a hard time over the phone call, which they found out. One, why was he being wiretapped in December of 2016 when he was when he had just left the Obama administration? People forget this. He was a Democrat. Flynn was a Democrat. And he yes, was he still was. being wired. And there was no reason to wire him. And then the people that leaked it, they leaked it to the press. They didn't go up through the standard protocols. I understand people have a lot of problem with the whistleblower protocols, but you don't just go immediately and leak it just to anyone in the media. You go, you know, you, I'm not going to bring up Snowden, but at least Snowden, unlike Manning, at least Snowden went to actual journalists, Glenn Greenwald, whereas Manning, who got people killed, argue with me all you want on that. He Libertarians did. and liberals. Oh, he did. Yeah, he got people killed because in all those things, there were names. There were people. There were covers. He got them killed. And the reason, I know I'm not on a tangent, but just to settle it, the reason why Obama pardoned Manning and not Snowden was because Manning made Bush look bad and he wanted to just suddenly walk out of the White House and give a final middle finger to everyone. But like, like I was mentioning earlier, all of this is deliberate. Everything was Every, deliberate. Everything that President Obama's ever done has always been deliberate. I mean, the man is not dumb. I'm not going to say a constitutional lawyer dumb. No, he's smart. He's just smart in a way we didn't want him to be smart. The thing that... Obama succeeded at was and 2008 is such an amazing case study in terms of elections but 2008 I mean him and McCain primarily Obama even with all the you know talk of reform and I'm going to uh, you know bring it to Wall Street and let them know what's up and all that jazz he was the Wall Street candidate all the big money was going to him but he was able to mask it in a way where it appeared as grassroots. Acorn appeared like a urban activist organization when Acorn was receiving some crazy drug money. Yeah. Both yeah. figuratively and literally. <laughs> With Clinton, she wasn't able to try that. And she tried that. But everyone, I mean, they could see her NASCAR logos everywhere. I mean, it was obvious. Uh, just all the spree speeches to Wall Street. Yeah, with with this right now, if the resistance, with the indivisible, whatever the heck they're calling themselves, that there is no jig. I can't even say the jig is up. It's blatant. It's so we, we blatant. Saw, we literally saw reports of them, all these donors getting together, and then all of a sudden this group pops up. Yeah, I mean, come come on, liberals. I've read rules for radicals five times. And for a lot of you, and, you know, there, there's just your average progressive, which, you know, doesn't care about facts or anything substantial. But I, I mean, come on, there are some dedicated progressive activists who are actually very skilled and very proficient in what they're doing. Oh, yes. And it's, you know, whether you, whether you're, you know, I, I could say I, I hate their ideology never, but I know some people who I have downright respect for because when they do something, man, it's scary efficient and they yes. get the results they want. Yes, I But do. those people... They know they're Alinsky, but they're slipping up. And it's gotten to the point where I wonder, do they care about the slip-ups? Because then they have the media creating an echo chamber. Oh, it's fake news. Oh, look at the source and all this other stuff. No. Alinsky, one of his rules was this. Actually, I, I like the way that Dinesh D'Souza brought it up in Hillary's America, where he was talking about uh, these gangs in Los Angeles that were selling these uh, fake fake insurance policies. So they get people in the barrio to buy them, and then what they do is they'd knock them off. But before they killed them, they'd uh, create a will and everything where they left it to this uh, urban development trust and everything. And basically, when they got caught in D'Souza, because he was in jail for this, he actually got to talk to a criminal about this. He basically said this. When they come to you and discover that what was going on has been going on, deny. Deny, 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 deny. You don't know what's going on. Oh, you're accusing me of this? I don't know what you're talking about. Then what you do when you really have been caught, and they, I mean, you just know that you're digging a hole that you're not going to be able to climb out of. You make counter accusations with Obama. Oh, it's the obstructionist Republicans. Oh, 
what what about that? Oh, it's a video that caused the death of Ambassador Chris Stevens. Oh, um, Obamacare was always a tax. Rewind. It's not a tax. Stuff like that. Make counter accusations. And then once you can't do that and you know the jig is up, deny, 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 deny. And you have a good explanation of that, that, you know, they've forgotten that one. Let's say the architect of Obamacare. I love when we put a camera on Gruber. Gruber. (laughs) I love Gruber. This is why I love Gruber. The man actually tells you the truth. He lied to us before to to sell this thing. But ever since we've been putting a camera in front of him these last couple times, there's a reason why he didn't go on the camera for the next two or three months. (laughs) Because he literally goes... This last one was, well, Obamacare wasn't made to help everybody. <laughs> what? <laughs> you you literally took, uh, what, one-sixth of the economy and changed the entire way we did it? And it was supposed to be good for everybody, lower premiums for everybody by $2,500, if I remember President Obama saying that correctly. And now he's... Tells us right there. Oh, it wasn't meant to help everybody. Yeah. And are, are, are we? It, really? it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. And besides, progressives, because I do believe that a lot of progressives actually believe the stuff that they've been fed. But just think about this with Obamacare. When you go and attack people like Congressman Garrett and somebody, I, I share all of his stuff online, and somebody commented on one of the. Facebook Live town halls Congressman Garrett did, and they said, you hate people because you want to take away their health care. I'm sorry. One, Obamacare was never single-payer. For a lot of Democrats, it was marketed as single-payer health care. But what was this? All it was was it was getting all the insurance providers in a room together where they got to actually piece together Obamacare and it was never, oh, you're always going to have access. Oh, you're always going to have pre-existing health conditions covered. Oh, you're always going to be covered so you don't have to worry about the bill. No, all it did was create a guaranteed payday. It created a monopoly. It's crony capitalism to the nth degree. And were people able to get more? Some were. But what's the biggest thing? You don't just have to go to the insurance provider now. No, now the government is the middleman. And if you are too old to get a surgery, if you are too sick to get a treatment, if you want to try an experimental drug, if you want extra care for this, two things are going to happen. One, they'll give it to you, but now that payment is on the back of the next generation. That's for every newborn person right now, that's $50,000 of debt they get before they have like a breath of air. But second is this. And I'm so glad, like, man, I, I didn't vote for Trump, Matt, but I am so glad that Hillary's not president oh, because this is what we would have seen next. We would have seen rationing, yes. severe rationing. And with the death that, panels would have, would have come I was about full, to bring that up. Full, full Pelosi, Pelosi tried to bring that up before the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, was even passed. She tried to put that in there. And even some Democrats who, because no one understood it, they're like, whoa, that's too extreme. But Pelosi even knew that's the natural outcome of this. And for a lot of you, this is conspiratorial, but this is this is open source documents. Go and read some of the crazy stuff in Obamacare. That's what it will have come down to. Liberals, your ideology is based off lies. You've been scammed. You've been scammed. And this whole resistance, whatever this is, you're being played. But what's scary, Matt, is it's not just full of people who have been played and scammed and they're just following along with this. What's really scarier is this. I've never been paid to go to a rally. I've never been paid to go ask a question. I've never been bussed out somewhere and some people have been given severances and stuff and they've been given a 401ks to go be full-time activists and you have to go to X amount of rallies and protests a year and, man... There are some people that just want to see the world burn, and they're benefiting from this. That's not what the Tea Party did. The Tea Party was not... They, they didn't do things because they were getting paid or because they saw a benefit. They were doing this because they saw their country going in a way which was absolutely terrifying. 
And sadly, there are some progressives that just really don't care. No. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some of them, I, you know, just some of them. There's one in Washburn, I won't bring his name up. But me and him actually got along, but I can tell you right now, that man was one of the biggest elitists. He was actually one of those that I actually respect because he didn't play into the... This man was trying to sell me in 2015 for Hillary Clinton. I You want to talk about a millennial guy who was, oh, I mean, this is, this is your... This is your real Democrat activist. He didn't care. He 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 laughed at Bernie Sanders people, because he knew they were wrong. He knew he knew it was all a lie. You couldn't you couldn't do what what even that was too radical for his kind, but his kind will act like and they'll try and sell it. And then what's going to really happen is they're going to kick all them out. And then you're going to put in the ones that literally don't have a clue that their policies aren't going to work. The Bernie Sanders policies aren't going to work. And that party's going to crumble. And all they're going to do is have their rallies and be all angry. And it's not going to translate on Election Day. That's where it counts. President Barack Obama said it best. Elections have consequences. And I don't think they're going to learn that lesson. That will be the test to see if they can turn out people on election day. It's been known that Democrats are always weak on non-presidential year elections. Oh, we saw they, that with 2014. And that we, was historic. And we look at the way they run their campaigns and their campaign apparatuses. The reason why they win more is because they actually kind of centralize it more. They they command and control. The president election was the one controlling everybody. Kind of kept everybody on message. Kind of works out. It's it's the reason why you have a full standing military that's centralized to be able to centralize good. Everybody centralized orders. You know where you're going. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. But what they need is that grassroots fire we want to and get these guys motivated but they're not because they're going to try and top down them they'll fail in 2018 and then when they fail in 2020 they're going to push the most far left candidates you'll ever see from congressional races they'll win in the primaries they'll beat out some, some of the ones that I would say are the smart ones, the ones that know how to say what everybody wants to hear but vote and and do the things that isn't as crazy as they want. They're vote all of them out. They're going to have such a radical candidate at that point. We're going to say President Trump 2020, he's won. All same states. He may even pick one up. I would I, If he picks one up in 2020, oh, I mean, I... I'm gonna have to fill this cup up. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I can see, I can see New Jersey going Trump's way. I see him keeping Pennsylvania. I I, I see him keeping the, the fact that he took out Hillary Clinton. Like even I think uh, Politico did a poll recently. If you put Trump against Warren, Warren loses. She, Warren loses amongst millennials. He does, and that that part. <laughs> Is the one that you are not, and that's that's where they're going to fail. Yeah. They're going to fail because they're going to use what they thought the Tea Party was, and without knowing what it truly was in these organizations, they're just going to throw a bunch of money and they're just going to scream and shout the whole time. And then you're going to have it to where yeah, they actually do kind of figure it out. They're going to get some of these candidates that are so radical. They're never going to win the election. I'm telling you, they could put Cory Booker up there. Who I, I call him. I, I call him the new Clinton Democrat. Uh, yeah. But they, they will lose with him because even Cory Booker doesn't understand community organizing the way that Obama did. 
because Obama was able to sell America the greatest scam of all time. Not once, but he did it twice, even after we saw that his bill of, go his bill of goods was full of crap. But, Matt, we, we've got to wrap up the show. Matt, what's your biggest message that you want people to like, carry home tonight? Because we covered so much information, but it just leads to this one thing. And I think I know what you're going to say, but just bring it home for us. Understand what brought these groups, the Tea Party groups, these type of groups. Understand that it brought in activists that worked tirelessly for campaigns. Just because we've won does not mean that we can just set up set up and just go oh well we won we were going to probably have to work even harder for 2018 to keep some of these candidates in and keep we get the house or the senate go over to the democrats good luck trying to get anything done get anything done for liberty anything that you're possibly thinking of of tax reform any of these kinds of things, uh, get uh, repealing the place of Obamacare. If we lose in 2018, that's it. I, the Trump presidency, it, I, I'll be doubtful if it lasts for four, uh, uh, after four. I'll, I doubt he'll actually win because they'll just obstruct everything, resist everything he does. That's going to be it. So my important message is this. Find these groups. Young Americans for Liberty. Liberty uh, Leadership Institute. Find these organizations. If you want to actually keep moving in the direction of liberty, this is only the beginning. This is a, this is a constant struggle. The left will not get that. But as long as we do... We can fight back with these new groups that are popping up. Exactly. The left always thinks 500 years out, and for a while we only thought 10 minutes out. But I think we're, I think we're getting to that point. I think I think I think we're shifting the mindset. Exactly. I think I think now we are starting, and we should. We need to start looking further and further into the future. Government goes to those that show up, folks. That's that's the bare naked truth of it. That's but anyway, exactly right, Matt. If people want to get in contact with you, learn more, follow you, follow you on Twitter and all that jazz. How can they do so? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Matthew J Becker, and then uh, Twitter. You know, I never use the thing, so don't even. I won't have anything <laughs> on there for it. So Facebook's kind of the one I use. Yeah, I'm kind of technologically illiterate. Like I said, you know, winning Facebook arguments. There, that that's not the way we win. Exactly. We win if you show up, help campaign for people, just volunteer a couple hours. Go talk to these people. If you talk to people one-on-one -on -one about why you like this candidate and you're strong, feel very strongly for the candidate, you, you can turn people around. Exactly. Anyway, Matt, I think what we've brought home tonight is this. Don't believe the liberal lies. And if you're progressive, don't believe the liberal, the liberal lies. lies. <laughs> anyway, Matt, it's been absolutely great having you in studio. Oh, Actually, great to be talk here. about all this stuff, Matt. We're, we, we only have greater things coming ahead of us. And with great challenges, are gonna, we're going to see great victories. And we might have some losses. But it's limited government, individualism, free markets, the right to life, things like that. Very basic things. They're, they're right. worth it every day of the week, 365 days a year, 24-7. And just and don't think just because we've got the presidency right now that it's time to relax. Exactly. Anyway. Our party's just started. <laughs> it's only going to get crazier, especially here in Virginia. The country's going to be watching the Commonwealth go crazy for a little while. Oh, it should be fun. Uh, truly. Anyway, folks, you want to keep up with the fun? Well, I know one thing you could do. You could share around the show. But how can you do that? Go ahead and subscribe. Check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Player FM. And the Self-Defense Radio Network. Check us out on our networks like um, Liberty.me Studio and everything else that we have coming. We're opening up our new Boston affiliate soon, and we'll be reaching out there. We're, we're going full steam ahead. 
because the other side never stops. They never slow down. Why should we? And if you can't find the platform or network of your choice, go ahead and check us out, RemsoRepublic.com. As always, find me on Twitter at Remso101. Follow producer Ryan at Liberty Producer. And as always, be good to your neighbor. Stop, stop worrying about politics all the time. Treat yourself so you don't get absolutely angry constantly. But tune in next week and let's keep this conversation, this movement for freedom. As always, I'm Remso W. Martinez. Good night, America. Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?